0: By now I would know when the intimations come relative to the intro. As Session Clerk, I have some legal gobbledygook to read regarding the appointment of a new minister. At a meeting held at Paisley St George's on Wednesday, the seventh of february, the nominating committee chose the person who they wished to propose to this congregation of Paisley St George's to be our new minister. The name of the person proposed is Hazel Shaw, Assistant Minister. Arrangements have been made for Hazel Shaw to conduct public worship in this church on Sunday, the third day of March at 11 o'clock. Immediately after that service, there will be a vote on whether or not Hazel Shaw should be appointed as the new minister of this congregation of Paisley St. George's anyone whose name appears on the electoral register of this congregation of Paisleys and Georges shall be entitled to vote no one else shall be entitled to vote and read in Paisleys and Georges on Sunday the 18th of February and now for the intimations the Kirk session is called to meet on Sunday the 3rd of March in the Lesser Hall immediately after the close of the service and this is related to the appointment of a new minister and a good attendance is required. The also a session meeting this Tuesday, the 17th of February in the Outreach Centre at 7.30. The Guild, there is no Guild meeting tomorrow, the 19th of February, and Paisley Guilds together, next meeting is in our large hall, St George's large hall on Wednesday the 21st at 7.30, and the speaker is from the Glasgow City Mission, and all are welcome. The friendly hour on Tuesday 20th of February will be an aromatherapy talk. The men's breakfast will be hosting a ladies' breakfast on Saturday the 24th of February and tickets are now on sale in the tea bar The Paisley 15th Boys Brigade, as part of the faith journey for the senior section, the company will lead worship on Sunday the 25th of February, that's next Sunday, and after worship the boys will be selling hot dogs in the large hall to raise funds for their chosen charity. Connect Hub meets on Tuesday the 20th at the Outreach Centre, 1.30 to 3, for informal worship with tea, coffee and a chat. And again, all are welcome. Learning Together meets on this Wednesday at uh, 10 to 12 in the Outreach Centre. Uh, more, more tea, coffee and a chat along with the nitty and the crocheting. And the community support, just a reminder, that uh, all used postage stamps would be appreciated. Uh, Just trim them to leave at least half an inch of the envelope around the stamp and put them in the box at the church doors. They're then sent off to the Church of Scotland Stamp Appeal, which this year is supporting Firmly Planted, a project which is planting fruit tree nurseries in Malawi. And this helps to provide employment and food security for local communities. So that's the end of the intimations. I'll now hand over to the Guild uh, with Sadie to lead us for the rest of the service. Thank you. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Good morning and welcome to worship here in Paisley St George's Church for our Guild service. Welcome to all those who are listening online or at Outreach Centre or in hospital or care home all are welcome in this house all are welcome in this house now i would like to introduce and welcome our speaker today he is the reverend wesley hans who is no stranger to our guild so we look forward very much to hearing from him later on so everyone here Wishes him a very warm welcome, him and his lovely wife Janet, who is sitting with Barry down there. Welcome to Paisley St. George's, and we do hope you enjoy being with us. Now, before we get started, I would like to say a few words again to the guilds for what was a beautiful afternoon. I've lost lost my message, but never mind. for yesterday afternoon, it was such a wonderful concert, so well-supported, and everybody seemed to have a wonderful time. And for that, the girl put in a tremendous amount of hard work in it, so I just want to say that I do appreciate their hard work, and I'm sure you appreciate it as well, and enjoyed the concert very much. And I found it. <laughs> <laughs> now, let us pray. As we gather for worship here in fellowship, to refresh our soul and sit a while at your feet lord jesus be our unity this day take pleasure from all you experience of our love and faith shared with each other for your sake amen now shall we open our worship by singing the hymn 521 i lord of sea and sky Sorry. 251. Sorry, 251.
2: whom we serve yours is the love that we proclaim christ came in love to die for us we live forever in your name you placed us in this world to serve to love creation as you love care for your neighbors as for you live here as those in heaven above we walk in fellowship with you we share your love with those around and through your spirit we know love and a joy and peace will all abound. So in your love we boldly go. Your loving presence makes us strong. Let apathy be crushed and may we go in love our whole lives long. God, whose we are and whom we serve, strengthen our hearts that we may sing in joyful, boldened acts of love our worship of our Saviour King. And we pray as you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, our and the
1: Amen. And now we will hear Wesley speaking to our children, and you're in for a nice surprise.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if it's going to be a surprise as such, but I think this is the reason I was asked to come today, because of some of the things that I do when I come to the, to the Guild, uh, because I'm kind of known by some people as magic hands because of the, some of the daft things that I do, but it's a privilege to be with you this morning and uh, just to share with you. I don't think i felt as nervous in a long time, but I've never had to sit in a middle chair quite like that, but what a privilege. I really appreciate that, uh, the honour that you give to your preacher. And I just pray God will speak to us this morning through his word. Now one of the things I like to do is do things that you can do if you know how, but I'm not going to tell you how I do them. I think the ladies remember when I came to one of the guilds a number of years ago when I did one of the magic tricks that went wrong (laughs) and one poor lady got wet through and all that I could see was this water coming out of this jug that it wasn't supposed to be coming out of and I had no way of of stopping it. And I think for weeks and months later, every time I closed my eyes, all I could see was this poor lady getting soaked with water. I'm just glad it was only water. So I think that's why they've asked me. Now, I was asked to speak on uh, new wine, new wineskins. I thought that's a not a usual thing. But Sometimes we need to get free from things. Sometimes we need to be—we're bound by things, and we need to set us free. And the Bible tells me that Jesus can set us free if we trust Him. He can let us go, and He can set us free that we might live for Him. We sang in that song, "You know, here I am. I will go if You lead me. I would like to go if You didn't lead me. I would go to You." But sometimes we're so bound by things we just can't go, we don't want to go. And it reminds me of this chain that I've got in my hand. Okay? See that chain? Pull it. Okay? Yep. This chain, I'm going to put it into my hand, okay? And I'm going to get this here. Because you see, when we give our lives to Jesus, He sets us free. He takes away the, the things that bind us and things that hold us. And he sets us free. That's what God can do for that's what God can do for me. He can set me free that I might be able to live for the Lord. Now, yesterday I was working on a trick and I'd never done it before, so this is something brand new. No one else has said, Janet's seen it, and she saw how it went wrong because I've had to bring a bag with me this morning because I tried to do this trick behind my back. But I have a friend called Arthur. It's called Arthuritis. And he's brought lots of his friends with me and I can't move my fingers. I've had to put cream on this morning because they just don't work the way they're supposed to be doing. And when I was practising this yesterday, I did it behind my back and it went wrong. And I thought, because I I couldn't hold onto the glass. And I thought, here's some beads. And the thing is that in life, sometimes we're told that Jesus came with new wine and do wineskin to make things different, to get rid of the old ways, the traditional way, the old-fashioned way of the rules and regulations. And he came to set us free through dying on the cross of Calvary. But so many of us, we get bound up and we mix them all together, okay? There we are, mix them all together, get them all bound up, all right? Now what I would normally do, put that behind my back, but because of the arthritis, I'm going to stick that in there. What I do is I put them like this. You need to remember how to do this now. Mix them together. Okay. Put it into there. Okay. Let's see what happens. And you see, when we trust Jesus, he can set us free from those things that bind us and those traditions that hold us back that we might be able to live for him. And he sets us completely free. Okay. Thank you. The Lord bless you. I'm looking forward to preaching and what God's laid on my heart a little later. The Lord bless. Thank you. you. I
1: now continue by singing hymn 502, Take my life M (laughs) five O two chapter 9 and Irene will read it for us
4: as Jesus went out from there he saw a man Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth follow me he told him and Matthew got up and followed him while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house Jesus questioned about fasting. Then Jesus' disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth in an old garment for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. The word of God for the people of God.
2: Now
1: we will sing again, sing again hymn 533, three, Will You Come and Follow Me, hymn 533. Bible reading is taken from Luke, chapter 5, verses 33 to 39, and will be read by Pat Angus.
5: Morning. And this is from the New International Version. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees." but you must go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this parable, No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins. The one wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new. For well, they then say the old is better. Amen. May God bless this reading from His holy word.
1: Now it is with pleasure I hand over to our speaker, the
3: Reverend Westmead. Thank you. Hands. That's okay. You can call me what you like, as long as it's not before six o'clock in the morning.
6: <laughs>
3: uh, what a privilege! I'm going to preach from down here, if that's okay with you this morning. I just find it very difficult being up in the in the sky there. Um, I did preach at the Abbey once, I was telling the folks before, and I had vertigo for two or three days afterwards because I had to climb up to the top of the hill there. But one of the words that we sang there, will you use your faith you've found to reshape the world around, though that my sight and touch and sound in you, in you and you in me, will you use your faith you've found to reshape the world around? How important that is, that we shape the world around us because of what God has done for us and God is doing in our lives. When I was asked to speak on this subject of new wine and new wineskins, I thought, what a strange thing to ask a teetotal minister to speak about new wine and new wineskins. But I went into the study and I was praying about it because I was told I could change the subject if I wanted to. But for some time now, God has been speaking to me about how the church of Jesus Christ grew for 300 years and they never had a Bible. Now, we hold the Bible in a special regard. We bring it into church and we stand up as it's brought into the sanctuary. At the end of the service this morning, we'll stand again as the Bible is taken from the sanctuary because the Word of God is so precious to us. But how did the church grow without a Bible? It was the testimony and the witness of those Christians, those followers of Jesus, that knew that Jesus had not only died on the cross, but he had been risen from the dead. And there was hundreds of people for many years that had seen the risen Christ, and Paul the apostle saw him in a new way on the Damascus road. New wine, new wineskins. It's a thing that's mentioned in all three of the Synoptic Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They're all mentioned in different ways. Some emphasize different things, and it's so important that we read what God's Word is saying. And what was He trying to say? You know, when something's recorded for us once, it's important. When it's twice, it's more important. When it's three times, I think it's imperative. It's something we need to take note of. Why new wine in new wineskins? Why not just top up the old? You know, I have a a bottle that I put apple juice and honey in, and I have a habit of just topping it up all the time so I never really know what the strength is when I am drinking it (laughs) but instead of topping it is something that's new something that's fresh John's disciples had been read and I'm reading from Mark's account John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting some people came to Jesus and asked why don't you disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do and Jesus replied do wedding guests fast uh, while they're celebrating with the groom? Or of course not. They fast. They can fa- can't fast while the groom is with them, but one day they will be able to. A time will come for fasting, but it's not now. And then he goes on to say No one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the ones at wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. For many years, and I need to take a drink of water here, I hope I'm not going to be a dry preacher, but I'm that nervous my mouth is drying up. I'll try not to kick it over. But for many years, the people of God had been entrapped by tradition. It seemed as though the the Pharisees and some of the others had put a, a new law for every day. For everything that you wanted to do, there was a new law for it you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do the other thing. I actually come from a tradition of a church that used to be like that. You can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do the other thing. And we forgot about all the wonderful things that was open to us because of the gospel, because Jesus had made us free. But already in that community, Jesus has stirred a, a hornet nest. People were beginning to wonder, what is going on? What is he saying? What is he talking about? The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority. What sort of teaching? And I have a clock on here I need to move because I can't see my notes. That's so that I know there's a clock there. It doesn't mean anything. There's a clock there. (laughs) I'll try to finish in good time. But what sort of new teaching is this, they asked? It has such authority even the evil spirits obey his orders because evil spirits had been cast out of someone. And they were amazed that what was going on. And Jesus had become so popular and people wanted to know so much about him that he almost had to go into hiding. And it tells us in Luke, in Mark's gospel, that he goes to Capernaum and there he is and he's in a house and he's talking to the people, but there's so many people there that others wanted to hear And these four men got the friend who was unwell and they picked him up on his bed and they carried him and they couldn't get in. And so they climbed the stairs on the outside of the house, which was the traditional way of building in the Middle East, and they broke open the roof. Now, if that was my house, I wouldn't be amused. I came home the other day after the winds had been blowing and I looked up on our roof and I thought, I hope that's not a cracked tile, but as I've looked at it again, it's moss that's moved along, so I'm relieved about that. But I could imagine how upset this guy was. They're breaking into my house. We're here, and they're breaking in. But they let Jesus down. They let this man down for Jesus to see. They they knew that Jesus had an answer. And Jesus looks at the man, and he's lying there. And the first thing he says to him, my son, my child, your sins are forgiven. Now, that's not really what the, probably the man wanted. It's not what his friends wanted. He wanted him healed. And Jesus says, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers in the religious, of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? That is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And straight away, They were arguing, straight away they were picking fault, and straight away they were pointing the finger. All they could do was complain and pull down. But Jesus knew immediately, the scripture says, what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? You see, they were stuck in a tradition that you could only do things in certain ways. You could only do, the only way that you could get forgiveness was by going to the priest. The only way they could get forgiveness was once a year when the lamb was slaughtered and it was slain. And many of these people think, what is this man saying? What is this rabbi saying? This man, Jesus, what is he saying? He's saying things that we've never seen or heard before. And Jesus was saying, the a new day coming. Things are changing. The old wineskins are going to go, the old wine, new wine is coming, and new wineskins. Things can be different. No longer held under the bondage and the burden that you're chained with by all these rules and regulations. A new day is going to come when you're going to be free of them, but the Word of God is going to be written on our hearts, and we will be changed. You know, things can change. 40 years ago it's hard to believe it's 40 years ago i must have been very young no i wasn't (laughs) i got into conversation with a lady called sylvia her husband was eddie stobbert now some of you may have seen eddie stobbert lorries they're disappearing fast because another company's taken over and you'll not be able to see them soon but and that's a disappointment for me but I was talking to Sylvia about trying to reverse a lorry because it's something I'd always fancied doing. You know, the, when, you're, when you're a young lad, you have boyhood dreams of what you like, might like to drive a train. I could already drive buses because that was my summer job when I was at university studying for the ministry. I drove buses and I had that license. Well, I went to see Edward and he let me reverse the lorry around his yard and have a little tinker about things. Said, if you get your provisional, tests, provisional license, I'll put you through the test. So for a couple of years, every time I had a day off and I could, I'd go off with his drivers, and they taught me to drive. And then there came a point where I was leaving the church in Carlisle, but I wasn't ready to go to another church. Today, you'd call it a sabbatical, but it wasn't a structured thing in those days. It was something I just took. I decided to take time out from church and do something every day that everybody else does. So I went and asked Eddie if there was any chance of a job, because I'd already passed my test for driving big lorries. He said, of course. He said, if it's for a week, a month, a year, however long, I'll give you a job. Well, I got this job driving lorries. Now, my background was shirt and tie. As you can see, I've got a tie on this morning. It's probably, did I put this microphone on? Yeah, I could. I like to wear ties. I don't often wear them now. Since I retired, retired, because I retired from Paisley eight years ago, something like that, when I was 65. I retired from Paisley, and then I volunteered at Govan a couple of years later for three months. i have been there five and a half years, and I retired, retired just over a year ago. But anyway, that was me. I always wore shirts and ties. It's only now that you'll see me in jeans and so forth. The main reason for that is I put weight on, and I can't fasten my trousers. (laughs) But during that time that I was driving with him, I would always wear shirt and tie, dress trousers... Always white, white socks. I didn't put white socks on this morning, but I just thought I was a bee's knees, driving this 38-ton truck around Britain. It was brilliant. But I'd go into places, and people didn't know that I was the lorry driver. They thought I was a representative, or they thought I was coming to do something in the offices. I was working in the offices. And then I said, no, I'm the driver. And it was amazing, you know, just the reaction I got. And one time, I was down in Kent, And it was a Friday afternoon, and I would got two drops in Kent to do of uh, wood. uh, And Edward had phoned me up. He says, on the way back up, he says, go into British Gypsum, pick up some plasterboard because you've got a delivery in Glasgow on Monday morning. Well, that was fine. I drove up from Kent. I drove to the place at British Gypsum uh, on the A66 there. Went in, put my noddy boots on, my overalls on, went in. And, uh, and that was it, you know, got things sorted. Once I'd already been in. I'd already been in I've a few funerals before dressed like this. Dress jacket, dress trousers. And they didn't know who I was. I said, no, I'm the lorry driver. And then I went and got myself changed. Well, got back in, new jacket, nice trousers, nice shoes. And I went to see, went back to Carlisle on the Saturday afternoon. And Edward was waiting for me. And he looked at me and says, you've not been to Gypsum? I said, yes, I have. Not dressed like that, you've not. He said, yes, I have. I said, I'm always dressed like this. And I says to him, you know, it'd be good if we had pale green shirts and Eddie Stobbit ties. Now, the colour was not my choice. I like blue. But it was a green shirt and Eddie Stobbit ties. He said, that's an idea. And within a month, he had them ordered. And all Eddie Stobbit drivers had to wear pale green shirts and Eddie Stobbit ties. But 40 years ago, it transformed the haulage industry because lots of other companies started doing the same. It was no longer the idea of just going out and uh, putting a, your t-shirt on on a Monday and taking it off on a Friday or a Saturday when you got home. Everybody, all these drivers, any stomach shirts, ties, nice trousers with creases down the front. It changed things. People said it can't be done. This don't want not happen. But I want to tell you, it can be done and we can make a difference in the world in which we live if we've been free, free from the things that controlled us. I was a minister. I was now a lorry driver. I saw things differently, from a different angle, a different way. And some of the suggestions that I made to him, he actually put into practice. I told him on one occasion that if, when we were pulling sugar, we used to bring a lot of sugar up from, uh, from the south back up to Scotland and to, to the borders, and I'd worked out there, a pallet length from the headboard, put the weight on, Axle weights, which are important because the government check your axle weights, they would be perfect. I said, it'd be great if we just had something at the front of the lorry that just folded down, made out of aluminium or something, so that we'd know where to load, so that when we got pulled on a way bridge, we were exactly the right weight. And he bought trailers with this little bit that folded down so that we could load the sugar on. We could make a difference. And my question, people are stuck in the old ways, the old traditions. This is the way we've always done it and my question is why can't we change it it can't be done this way it can't be different why can we how can we cha- i say we can why not and Jesus is bringing to these people that have been brought up in a tradition that had held them down and held them back with rules and regulations and all these different things that they had to do they could do and they couldn't do and they were criticizing Jesus and Jesus disciples because John's disciples and the Pharisees they were fasting but you're not fasting you should be fasting giving them a hard time about it and Jesus says it's a new day it's new wine and new wineskins And here was Jesus, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory of the father, like father, like son. And God was stepping down into the world to change it. It didn't have to be the way that it was. Things can be different. And he opened the window of heaven. And he brought the good news and the message of the kingdom of God things had to change. This was a day of good news. It wasn't the way of the old way, the way of the religion of the Jewish people. It needed to change. Something needed to happen. For Jesus was bringing a new covenant. He was bringing a new testament. He was instituting something there in the upper room that would change the world. He says, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. The old covenant is gone, the old wine, that was for that day. It was so important, and we can learn so much from it. He said, but I'm bringing a new covenant. I'm bringing a new way. You know, when the first Bible first came out, about 300 AD, they joined it all together, that uh, they called it the, the Jewish Bible and the Christian Bible. In fact, they actually called it the old covenant and the new covenant. But because things have been translated into Latin, the Latin speakers changed it from covenant to testament. So that's how we get the Old Testament and the New Testament. But originally it was old covenant, new covenant. And Jesus says, I am coming to bring a new covenant, a new way. The old has gone, the new has come. He was bringing to them a religion, a faith that would work in every day of Something that would change people. Something that would would happen. For in the old way, they had no thought of God's amazing grace. They had no thought of brotherly love. It was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. They wanted revenge. They wanted to do their own thing. They wanted their own way. Just like Frank Sinatra used to sing, I did it my way. And what a tragedy when we do our way instead of God's way. New wine that needed new wineskins. The old was gone, the new had come. And that was what was happening. It was a different era. Jesus was bringing in a new day, a new things that would change. And I believe that in this day, we still need to change to reach the generation in which we live in. A few hundred years ago, a Church of England minister wrote these words, a charge to keep I have, to serve the present age my calling to fulfill. A charge to keep, I have to serve the present age. And we need to serve the present age. It might not be easy. It might not be, un- might not be comfortable. There are things that are going on in the world today that I just don't understand. I just cannot comprehend. Things that I'm really messing about with and struggling with. But then I realized that the early church was a messy church. There were people coming from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of histories, all sorts of things, traditions that they'd come from. And they came into the church and the one thing that held them was the fact that they trusted in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. They came into the presence of God and they knew what he had done for them. See, things were changing. Most of the people, as Jesus would have done, We'd go to the temple. And that's where the religion was really focused the temple in Jerusalem. But in 70 AD, because of an uprising of some of the Jewish groups, the temple was destroyed. Never to be rebuilt again. It was destroyed. It was done away with. There was no temple to go to now. So how could people go? Remember when Jesus met with the woman of Samaria, he says to her, We'll be worshipping not in this mountain or that mountain but people will worship in spirit and in truth no longer a temple to worship in but Jesus says the new wine calls for new wineskins there's going to be a new way it was my people joining together he says to Peter on one occasion I will build my ecclesia my church ecclesia means my fellowship my group of people my disciples i will build my group of people and the gates of hell will not prevail against it a group of people he's going to join us together we've changed it to church and sometimes church has all sorts of different pictures you know i was looking at a film years ago i think it was called the simpsons my memory serves me right and they're going to church and outside they're complaining and shouting and going on about all the people that are going to be there and the, all the things that are going to happen and then they walk in and what they didn't realize is that the microphone had been on and they'd heard every word they said and they came and sat down because the people can see the church as somewhere that we just go on a sunday others see it just as a gossip shop a place for those people that are holier and thou to go to but the church should be a group of Fellowship of people that get on together, that encourage each other, that bless each other, that we might live in a world that's that's in darkness and let the light of God's glory shine through. New wine calls for new wineskins, new ways of doing things to reach the generations in which we live. Oh, the church in the future is going to get messy. If it doesn't get messy, it's going to die. I really believe that because we need to be involved with everyday people in their lives and what they're doing. I learned that when I was a lorry driver. You get to know people. And some time ago, I got a phone call, or a text, should I say, through, through Facebook, from a guy, and he says, "Where would you pray for me? He says, remember when we spoke and you were in this vehicle? And he gave the registration. I don't remember the registration. And he knew the day and the time and the date. He says, when we talked together and you shared things, i just done it. I never thought anything of it. And then some time ago, I was at a funeral, and a man came up to me and says, where's the last time we met? We were in Grantham. And you were sat in my cab, and it was snowing, and you prayed for me. I didn't remember it, but he did. And I realized that sometimes we do things unconsciously or subconsciously, and we can change the world around about us. To proclaim the newness of the message, we have a power that God wants to give to us that we can share the message. See, the idea of putting the new wine into new wineskins, and I don't know much about wine, but I do know sometimes that when people open things, it pops. Now, I don't know whether that's wine or anything else, but that's the picture I get. That it ferments, and things start to happen, things start to, and the wineskin, it would stretch and go backwards and forwards, and if it was an old wineskin, it would snap, it would break, and it would be, everything would be lost. But it needs to move and, and change. And we need to do that in these days if we're going to reach a lost world for Jesus. If we're going to share with folks that we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that they might be saved. In the early church, they wondered, should we go in this new direction? Should things be changed? In about 30 years, I can't remember the date now, I don't it written down somewhere, but there was things going on in the church that they were troubled by. You see, those that have become Christians were so excited about their faith. Now, I can get excited. I mean, you might think I'm excited now, but I can really get excited. I can get excited about what God's done and what God's doing. Because when I pray about things, coincidences happen. When I don't pray, nothing seems to happen. But when I pray about things, if I pray for someone, nine times out of ten, I bump into them. It's amazing what praying can do. The old songwriter put it, it's amazing what praising can do, but prayer changes things. But in the early church, things were happening and people were becoming followers of Jesus. They were followers of the way. That's what it was known in those days. Those Nazarenes, that's what they were called. That doesn't mean that's where the church of the Nazarene got its name from. It got its name from the to- lowly, toiling ministry of Jesus. But the early church, they were known as a sect called Nazarenes. They were on the way. Sadly, today a lot of people are in the way, not on the way, but they were on the way. And things were happening. People were getting converted. Lives were being changed. Lives were being transformed. And the church didn't know what to do about it. See, some of these Jewish people thought if you're going to become a Christian and a follower of Jesus, then you need to do all the rites that we've had to do from the old covenant. Now, it was all right for you ladies. You might be told, well, a lady's place is in the home but for us men folks, it was an operation. And it was going to have to be really painful because we're going to have to be circumcised if we're going to be a Christian. Now, in Antioch, they didn't like that idea. A lot of these people have become Christians. A lot of these men folks have become Christians. And they "Oh, well, this is exciting. And I could just imagine some of the Jewish folks turning around and saying, it's exciting. But you wait till you get circumcised. You'll know what Worried, what are we going to do about it? So, this big meeting in, I was at about AD 50, AD 40, something like that. 300 from people come from Antioch that had become Christians, real Christians, really things that were going on in their lives. And there was a big discussion, there was a big debate about things. What are we going to do about it? And James, the brother of Jesus, now James thought Jesus was mad in the Gospels, we read that he didn't have any time for his brother Jesus. He didn't see him as being anything special. He was his brother, his big brother. He's just mad, and they wouldn't follow him. But when I read Acts of the Apostles, I discover that after the death of Jesus and his resurrection, there in the upper room, there was Mary and the different Marys and others, and it tells us in the Acts of the Apostles that James, the brother of Jesus, was there. Something had happened in James's life. He wanted nothing to do with Jesus, but because of the resurrection, things had changed. Jesus was alive. He knew he was Messiah, and he was there in the upper room, and he became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And God used him, and God was blessing him. And they all met together, and they were discussing what we're we going to do. Are they going to do this, keep this regulation and that regulation? These folks that have come from a different background, or what's going to happen? And James says this, this is my judgment that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. What a relief. I'm sure when they heard that in Antioch, those men, they just went, oof, that was a close one. Don't make it difficult for Gentiles. Don't make it difficult for others to follow after God. He just gave them two rules. It says, be careful what you eat around your Jewish brothers and don't be more immoral. That was it. Don't offend a vegetarian in modern parlance while you're eating a big juicy T-bone steak, sorry. And don't be promiscuous. That's it. That was it. That was it. To go into the church, that was to be part of the family. Love your brother. Don't do anything that will offend them. Don't mess about with things of the world. That was it. And right into the Galatians, Paul says, let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Jesus. It wasn't by keeping the law. It was by believing that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Messiah and He is our King. He is risen from the dead, and He is Lord. New wine, new bottles, a message to the early church, and in a very real sense, a message to the churches today. For in that meeting that they had, and it was A.D. 48 to 50 A.D., the Council of Jerusalem, they realized that faith alone in Christ alone became the official means of entry to faith and the fellowship of the way of the church. Something was going on in people's lives and things were changing. You know, they unhitched the the church from the law of Moses. They chose the first day of the week. We meet on a Sunday because this is the resurrection day. That's why we meet today on a Sunday, because Jesus is alive. This became our Sabbath. This is the resurrection day. They rebranded the Passover that was not just something they held once a year when they remembered the the delivery out of Egypt. And we take communion, the breaking of bread, whatever term we we might use different terms for it, but we break bread together, change things. Animal sacrifices had gone. You no longer had to get a dove or a lamb or something to come to worship, but you come as you are because Jesus, the Lamb of God, had been given his life for us. They even dispensed and ditched circumcision. Praise God for that. No happier than the men in Antioch. They dispensed with the priesthood. We all become kings and priests unto God. We can all come into fellowship with him. And one of the things that I found really fascinating about the early church was that they served each other rather than persecuting each other. They were there to encourage each other. It might have been less complicated, but far more demanding because we signed this morning, take my life and let it be. My life, everything given over to him. Whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord. The writer of the Hebrew says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. He continues, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as they see the day approaching when Jesus shall come again. When I was a youngster, I couldn't understand how it could be that when Jesus comes again, everybody would see him at the same time. I was brought to the Sputnik and Telstar. And I remember the first pictures coming from the White House and it was delayed by about five minutes. My best friend phoned me, was it Friday? Might even be yesterday, Friday. My days are disappearing nowadays. But he phoned me Friday and he lives in, in Georgia in America. And I just can't get used to that little split in time. You know, there's just that, it's, you're having to wait a second before you answer. Or if you start answering, he's still speaking. I have a friend that works at the university in Glasgow. He's dealing with things that are 80,000 times thinner than a human hair. Now, that's beyond my comprehension. But they're working on some electronics at the moment that we could be standing here in this congregation, this congregation this morning, and an exact replica at exactly the same time could be seen in Australia. That's beyond my comprehension. But he says, we can do it in the lab. We just haven't worked out through nanotechnology and other things for it to do. And I'm saying to him, that's amazing. As if it was. He says, we're only discovering what's already there. And when Jesus, when the Bible says that everybody will see that Jesus when Jesus returns in that instant, in the twinkling of an eye, we're working towards that with technology now that you can do something in Glasgow or Paisley and it can be done in Australia exactly the same time. Technology is wonderful. It's come a long way since we used to have those bricks that we carried around for phones. Our, our phones have more computer power than the computers that we used to put the man on the moon. That's absolutely amazing. We carry it around us. How things have moved on. And he says to me, Wes, he says, "We, we don't make things, we discover what God has already prepared. And if man is able to do these things, how much more God? But let us consider how we can stir each other up to do good works. Let's consider how we can do things to encourage each other. There was a family went home from church and I'm nearly finished. They were discussing the service that had just ended. And somebody said, Oh, I didn't like the preacher this morning. Somebody said, well, the, the choir, well, and I'm not referring to this choir, the choir were a little bit off tune. Somebody said the organist, ate all the notes, but in the wrong order. And you know what it's like when you go home, you're discussing the service. I know, I've been there. I've been the, the butt of some of those things, you know, the preacher, blah, blah, blah. And they were going home and they were carrying on about all these things, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, she had too much to say. The tea was cold, the biscuits were soft. And the little boy of the family remembering the, the penny that he'd put into the offering, he says, I don't think it was a bad show for a penny. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Jesus said it's a new way, a new day. Instead of dragging people down, criticizing people, because that's what was going on in the situation when Jesus said these words, they were all criticizing him, pulling him down. Why don't you fast like the, John's disciples fast and the the, um, the Pharisees fast, why do you do this? Why you not do that? By the time it comes to the early church, it says, let's consider how we can encourage each other. Not drag each other down. Let's give it some thought. Not to criticize, to drag down like the Pharisees, not to try and drag down like the Sadducees that they didn't seem to believe in anything. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in heaven. They didn't believe of the hope that we have. That's why they were sad because they didn't believe these things and they just criticized and pulled down. But let's think of ways that we can motivate one another. New wine, new wineskins, new ways of doing things, new ways of encouraging each other that we might see the blessing of God. Let's see how inventive, says one translation, we can be encouraging love and helping out. Let's not just assume things are going to happen let's well, what we do what we can as part of the church the ecclesia the gathering the fellowship of Jesus to encourage each other new wine new wineskins things will change whether we like it or not things are going to happen church probably in the future might be slightly different to what we know of today I just don't know what's going to happen because I, since COVID things have changed so much people don't go to church so much and sometimes we're on our own we need to think of inventive ways to encourage each other that's why your lady groups is so important that's why the choir is so important. that's why all the different groups that we have to so important to encourage each other not to pull apart it might be a good show for a penny as the little boy said but are we encouraging one another to on 30 years ago i came out of the ministry for a while because of home situations I got a promise that when I returned I would be there to encourage people and since then that's what I've tried to do I've tried to encourage people to keep on going new wine new wineskins I hadn't a clue what it really meant when I first went to it but my thoughts are it's new wine yes it's a new covenant it's a new day when the day of Pentecost came Do you know what they said about those disciples when they were preaching? They're full of new wine. And I think that's amazing, for we have the new wine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's use new wineskins, different ways to reach others with the message of the gospel. The Lord bless you. Thank
1: you very much, Lisa. Now the choir will sing the anthem, during which time the offering will be brought forward.
4: Everybody, if you wouldn't mind joining me in the dedication of our offering today. Almighty God, we bring these gifts with joy and pray that they may be wisely used in the service of your church. And with them, we offer everything we hold in trust from you our time, our energy, our bodies, our minds to serve you this week with a joyful and total dedication. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: We'll now sing hymn 543 Longing for Light, Wait in Darkness. Hymn 543.
7: And anger, disturbed by need and pain, we bring our prayer for others before you, God, again. We bring to you our families and friends, loved ones we hold dear, as they face their joys and sorrows, may they know that you are near. As they struggle with their burdens, worn down and full of care, let them feel your constant presence and know that you are there. We pray for those in authority in our towns and in our land. Help them to govern wisely, lead them with your guiding hand. We pray for all who are ill, in need of loving care, let them feel you with them and your healing presence there. We pray too for the wider world, for people in lands far away. Surround them with your love and care in their daily lives today. We pray for the people of Ukraine and Gaza, in their deep and dark despair. Let them know they're not forgotten, they are still in your loving care. We pray for lands that know no peace, where every day is faced in fear. Give them the strength to live each day, wipe away the victim's tear. We pray to you for those unknown to us in our own silent prayer. Enfold them in your loving arms, let them know you care. As our service ends today, and to our homes we make our way, guard and keep us safe from harm each and every day. All this we dare to ask of you through Jesus and his love, who taught us to make our needs and wants known to our Father above. Amen.
1: Closing hymn is hymn two three seven. Look forward to faith. Hymn two (laughs) three seven.
2: We have gathered, we have worshipped, we have been nourished, and now we go to serve God by loving others. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest and remain with each one of you, and all those whom you love, this day and forevermore.